0: This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. And this is where I'd like to give my context warning, trigger warnings, what have you. But I think we're pretty uh, clean on this one and this discussion of Spinal Tap with some very well-behaved guests. So I hope you enjoy. Little says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And i hope we've all had a great halloween week me well it was primarily just doing this podcast and no trick-or-treaters made that easy so thank you for living in the lesser neighborhoods of champagne urbana but i digress about that experience this is your host cool movies darth is the handle that i try to get over you can follow what i'm watching on Letterboxd the username is CM Darth. Otherwise, if you need to fill your home with the dulcet tones of CM Darth, you can just ask your Google Nest or Amazon Echo device to play podcasts by Russ Stevens, and that should give you the latest stuff. And this week, this is the first international episode. We haven't gone intercontinental yet, but we'll be working on it. Surely just somebody who speaks decent English in Brazil I suppose but my guest this week is from uh, Alberta that would be Rambling Ronnie from the Rambling Ronnie podcast and to uh, give me some extra backup on this one I bring back the poetic critic that's the poetic critic on Letterboxd to give some insights. so we got the history we got the commentary I think this is one of the best episodes that we have done so far So, with that said, I am looking for guests to record an episode that will be released on the 22nd of November. If you want to be on that show, send me an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. And offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. Try to focus on sub-100-minute material, but I can work with anything, so... I'd love to hear back from you again. That email is rustabust07 at gmail.com. If you want to talk about the podcast in a negative light, go to Twitter. I'll join Elon Musk with that one. And if you want to help the podcast out, give us those five-star reviews on your favorite podcast apps. And subscribe wherever you'd like to subscribe. So with that all said, we are going to straddle that fine line between cleverness and stupidity with rob reiners and christopher guest this is spinal tap very delicate it's a a bit of a departure from the kind of thing you normally play what do you call this well
1: this piece is called uh, lick my Love pump
0: is the loudest most explosive band in heavy metal history this is spinal tap there's a fine line between stupid and clever the funniest movie ever made about rock and roll he choked on vomit well I can't oh, prove awesome. whose vomit it was. The Monumental Classic! There was a Stone Age monument on the stage that was in danger of being
1: crushed by a dwarf. The makeup of your audience seems to be young boys. Oh, well, it's a sexual thing, really. We've got, you know, armadillos in our trousers. I mean, it's really quite frightening. <laughs> no, don't I was just pointing at it. I Well, don't point. I'm sure, I'd feel much worse if
2: I weren't under such heavy sedation. <laughs> the cult
0: phenomenon. The numbers all go to 11. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder?
2: These go to 11. This is Spinal Tap.
0: All right, there's the eerie voice that's worse than Siri. And uh, we bring, you know, I like to bring the poetic critic on because of that uh, near scene for scene knowledge she possesses. So this is 90 for Chill, the podcast. This week we're discussing This Is Spinal Tap. There's been a lot of this is so far in this introduction. And with me from the Rambling Ronnie podcast is. The one rambling Ronnie.
1: Hello, it's me. Hi, everyone. <laughs>
0: Hello. And uh great episode. I think your most recent episode was the Life of Brian one, correct?
1: Yes, it was. Yes. Thank you for for shouting that out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Yes. So all right. Yeah. So my sister and I, um, we've pretty much been uh basically I would say Monty Python was on PBS, hence my mom public broadcasting. And my mom thought, well, if it's on PPS, it's cultured. So you kind of let us watch it.
1: That's uh, amazing. She, I'm kind of jealous,
0: right? So, <laughs> um, so I would be nine. She, Rory, would be about eleven when all this is happening. Oh gosh, I don't even want to think about the effect it had on my littlest brother. Like, <laughs> like uh, wrestling tournaments, you know? No, it's not the place to recite the Hungarian book sketch. <laughs>
2: uh, when it was on in the late 80s and mom and dad did those tapings that was back when mtv was running it for a little while okay there was a time around 86 87 i want to say where to this that was about the time they were starting to diversify the schedule on mtv so monty
0: python's responsible for the end of music
2: on mtv well not not really because (laughs) they brought it in to go so they'd have something to play into or out of the young ones which they had imported. Mm. Yeah. For those, mm-hmm. for those not familiar with what the young ones was, that was a mid 1980s uh sitcom that about uh basically four young would be punks that was it was a combination of s- satirical and surreal humor and one thing it had was they would bring in musical, they would have musical guests worked into the episodes. I've because have
0: seen the Ace oh, of Spades wow. episode shared yeah. many a time. So <laughs> and,
2: Well, they would, they, it was partially a way of getting a bigger budget for the show because oh. it technically qualified as a variety program if you brought in musical guests.
0: Ah, okay
2: but it ran for it only ran for two seasons but it was pretty heavily imported into the u.s cbs fox which had the
0: video contract rights.
2: with the bbc mm-hmm. at the time it brought in the whole sh- released the whole thing on vhs
0: mm-hmm. so yeah then i guess the british comedy is okay for kids would start with red dwarf um then since that was shown on uh, pps and funny it's like uh Peoria is actually the largest market for the Red Green show in this mm-hmm. United States. So, <laughs> and, um, but we would watch, we still had the uh, feed out of the University of Illinois' public uh, broadcast at the time. So, yeah, we'd watch Red Green lead into Red Dwarf and the hence, hence where our humor came from to an extent. So, this would have to be one of the first R rated movies my older sister had probably rented.
2: Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, you guys first,
1: had a lot of, well. I was gonna say you guys had a lot of exposure to different things. Like for me, being up in Canada, it's so different with our broadcasting and stuff. But um I was gonna ask like the young ones, would you say it's almost like a funny satirical version of Kids Incorporated or something in a way? Oh or no, more no, like, no, 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 Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's just more like musical guests would come on, but the actual there was like it was oh, a yeah, show was, kind
0: there of thing. Is, like... Yes, there there was a there's a narrative. Um well typical I...
2: episode is one where the guys try to track down one of the movies that got on the UK's infamous video nasty list.
1: Uh... <laughs> I'll have to look it up because I haven't seen that. Uh you
2: know,
0: I've I've seen a lot of clips and those are funny. Um I would say we've one time back with my old best friend, um, we tried watching The Young Runs and yeah, it was funny, but it's uh, the humor a lot of times just so obvious, you know, not very clever, but it does, it uh, when you, you step back and look at it, it's like these are, you know, as Rory said, three punks. It's kind of like, well, it's really all ranges of punk. Um, you kind of got your mod, you got your, definite stereotypical mohawk and piercings everywhere guy and just a uh I would say a, an, just an anti-conformist, you know, intellectual, I should say. So it's a show I really got to give more of a chance to. So things I could have done instead of finishing the first season of Harley Quinn last night.
2: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: well um but like you said it's like looking back on the things that influenced us as we were kids that developed our humor and that was a part of the life of brian thing because for me my dad would he would randomly sing like always look on the bright side of life and i was like right i didn't know what he was talking about and then i finally watched it and i was like and even the first time watching it i was kind of like this is funny but monty python i'd always have to watch a few times as i was Mm -hmm. developing my humor and and then realizing (laughs) why it's funny you know like right yeah
0: um (laughs) Yeah, really the only things off limits in terms of Python for us were the uh, last two movies, um, Meaning of Life and Life of Brian. Um, Meaning of Life, there's obvious reasons why you don't show that to a kid. Um, <laughs> and there's the obvious reasons of Life of Brian, you don't show it to kids. But on the flip side, like, I don't know, my adventures towards atheism, I would say kind of Money Python kind of helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah but um and when it comes so this is what part partially probably what's the brilliance of spinal tap and i know christopher guest i think has a lordship or something over in england yeah <laughs> um i guess he since he's married the jamie lee curtis he can't officially serve the role but he's in line or something along and those lines I'm-
1: I was trying to read and understand that and I couldn't figure it out because I'm like, I don't get all that stuff. But there was something in, I think the 2000, there's some technical thing that happened that changed all of that. I think, I don't know if it is because of him being married to her or it was some other specific thing that, sorry, I'm like, I know I was reading about it, but it was so much my brain almost exploded trying to understand. Cause I'm
0: oh, like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, a lot
0: of my, a lot of my knowledge comes from Wikipedia. So you got to take that with a grain of salt um about that and that's probably one of those weird click you know just trying to not push on the clickbait story about like showing celebrity faces and these celebrities are trans and it's like yeah i'll just i definitely trust wikipedia over the
1: oh well amazon Wikipedia, wikipedia gets a bad rap because it's like yeah you can't use it for a dissertation but you can if you take the sources that oh are yeah instead stuff so and you know you're getting the basic outline of right. information that's out there so yeah, yeah. just just push
0: <laughs> just push the end button on your on your laptop and you get all the good stuff yeah <laughs> so um so yeah it, so it's I guess that's probably where uh, Christopher Guest's uh humor came from I mean the it, British influence on that but then again uh Michael McKeon definitely Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest were all known for weird sketches like uh, on saturday night live the synchronized swimmer sketch um so uh, so there's definitely a obvious influence on uh from the uh brits on these three guys um so i guess with that i'll just jump right into the uh you know this isn't the first documentary. I would dare say. I guess you'd have to go with uh, the Ruddles. All you need is cash, which again, yeah, the Ruddles
2: um... is the earliest one. Uh, I think anybody's familiar with. There might have been examples before that.
0: Mm. So, and
2: famously, that was a U.S. UK co-production because although Eric Idle was developing it for British television, because it was a spin-off from his show rutland weekend television which was one of his first post monty python projects um Lord michaels and company they offered more money
0: oh so you but, have cameos from bill murray excellent yeah, John by that Belushi point, idol
2: had been by that point idol had been on saturday night live a few times and uh, the first time he appeared i think i think it was the first time he made an appearance they showed the ruttle sketch from Rutland Weekend television is like interstitial. Uh, It was that or the parody of Tommy he did around the same time from that show. And which if you track that down on online, it's, it is truly brilliant. And Idol was proud of it, but the Ruttles was a bit more accessible conceptually. In any case, it was a big hit. So when, and Idol was by this point getting to know the, american comics pretty well so when they heard about the ruttles project uh, lauren michaels said you know if you do it for nbc we can get you a bigger budget than you have otherwise and that's how it worked out when it originally ran it originally ran on tv in the saturday night live time slot as a special and it didn't do very well in the ra- and if i remember correctly it didn't do well in the ratings but the repeat did hmm,
0: that's interesting i imagine what uh wwf could have done if they got repeats of uh saturday night main event uh for those weekends
2: yeah yeah so
1: back in the day when things weren't as accessible so it's like i want to watch this but now i can't we didn't have the internet so then you just wait for it to come back on tv again or something
0: (laughs) oh yeah um oh no i i didn't I never read the articles of TV Guide. That's more of my uh, sister's thing. She also listens to a uh, podcast dedicated to individual episode- weekly uh, uh, issues of TV Guide.
2: Um, yes, that's Ken Reed's TV Guidance Counselor, though it really just uses the TV guides as the jumping off point for him and the guests to shoot the breeze about their careers. Right
0: yeah people like joe bob- but also joe- what
2: tv was at the time
0: right people like joe bob briggs um, yeah pete holmes mm-hmm. yeah so i'm mark maron so i mean if you can get him on your podcast you're legit so <laughs> uh right so yeah so we're to the point at least uh in my peripheral where we're uh Oh, they're going over the reviews of spinal tap albums <laughs> uh, wow. and, to, and to the tap to tap's credit they only uh they only reviewed three of the 15 albums so uh shark sandwich uh <laughs>
1: that to, part it, just kills me so much you can't Sorry. You, you
0: you can't public no you can't say that you can't print that
1: yeah they're like because he said the reviews of all the other ones i wrote it down and sorry if you can hear my paper shuffling no um, worries but um oh my notes are so indecipherable but yeah the part when they're like and they just said two words for this review shit sandwich <laughs> for the shark sandwich and yes. i think the i think the actors that i because it's all improv and i think they actually broke and were laughing at that point and trying not to <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah um so i know rob Reiner's the director uh was the layout done by christopher guess or was it a total
2: basically the the members of the group and reiner put together some basic situations they were going to riff on and let uh, the other performers riff on they basically just gave rough outlines for what they'd be doing and like if you look at there are many many deleted scenes for this film because they shot hours of footage that they could have used apparently there's a ton more footage of bruno kirby talking about rat pack for yes, instance
0: uh, right <laughs> yeah it uh, should have been called i uh, didn't you know if uh as long, if, as, long as frank says i can <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you guys watched um, the D- w- Watch the movie with the DVD, like the commentary from the three guys. Uh, oh my god! I'm sure. I have seen Rory, the in- character
2: okay. commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. But that's not <laughs> the only one they did. Yeah, I saw. Because I, yeah. Originally, when originally the DVD was a Criterion edition, was carrying on from the Laserdisc they did back in the '90s, and in that version of the extras, people people speak out of character. So there, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that was one of the very first Criterion DVD releases, and it went out of print rather quickly. So it's very hard to track down because with the current release that MGM first brought out around 2000, you know, it's all in character.
1: Mm. yeah that's the one that i have that just yeah. has the one option for the dvd mm-hmm. commentary and well, it's, the, yeah. it's hysterical though it's so well, good <laughs> yes well
0: let, let me just put it out there with ebay i was able to pick up the life of brian triderian collection dvd yeah. and i think that one went out of print pretty quick um for, At under, 20, for under 20 i believe that bucks. one
2: did was able to carry out over most of the bonus features to later releases
0: okay yeah
2: but Bonus features often do have their own copyrights on them, so they can't, they're not easily transferred from label to label. There's a lot of criterion bonus features that haven't appeared on other formats.
0: Well, and you could say that, um, being a Miyazaki fan with uh G Kids versus the original, uh, (laughs) right, the original uh, Disney import version, yeah. All righty, so uh, when you think of Spinal Pat Tap, uh, I guess it's kind of like I would say the music itself is uh, deep purple with uh, an 80s metal aesthetic.
1: Depends which era. (laughs) Well, I I mean,
0: that's something I noticed. We didn't give enough love to Viv Viv Savage in this movie, uh, The Keyboardist.
1: (laughs) there's one part yeah. when he's like doing his thing you know and and in the commentary they're like he wasn't even actually playing it or something but <laughs> yeah he, the part when it's the heavy duty i think rock and roll and he's yeah. he's like looking all crazy and has the thing on his head and yeah
0: stuff. <laughs> he's great so um <laughs> i don't know though uh just another note like oh the thamesman i i mean now yeah, that's very mod a very mod name but uh I don't know kind of uh it would it would yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't have carried over to the states so <laughs> um and thinking like geez, uh michael mckeon and christopher guest's accent now harry sheer like he can't have too much dialogue from him because he will drop the accent yeah <laughs> um but uh i guess this movie just going through my notes again it's like um does it establish the Michael McKeon as an authority figure character? Because at this point, I thought he was just um, Laverne and Shirley. He wasn't Squiggy.
2: He um, was Lenny.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Lenny. The only other thing I saw before Spinal Tap, wise, would be his bit in uh, Used Cars. Right. So, I mean, we could we could definitely tell that uh, David Saint Hubbins was trying to be the leader of the band. Yeah, throughout
2: gotta
1: be that lead singer complex if that's a thing mm-hmm. you know <laughs> well but, in, yeah definitely
0: yeah and i actually gotta say this because i recently so i'm just planning to go and review a bunch of music themed movies for right. the episode uh on the 1st of november and then drop this on the 8th and recently watched uh walk re-watched walk hard the dewey cox story
2: <laughs> i saw that on your letterbox.
0: yes uh and it's uh i don't know i just love the fact how it takes the piss out of all these because like somehow i always end up visiting my parents and like the last 20 to 40 minutes of bohemian rhapsody is on it's kind of like yeah
2: it's on fx they, right they show and, that movie,
0: and, and it's like well, that's
2: the whole joke of a big joke in the honest trailers video they did for bohemian rhapsody is they just run clips from that movie alongside all the corresponding clips from walk hard <laughs> all right <laughs> ready mercury he's got to think about his whole life before he goes on stage all right so
0: on it that's definitely on the youtube queue um but
1: i need to look that up
0: it's yeah it's basically for me it's like I, that movie is only three years after johnny cash died and it's kind of like, i don't want to celebrate it yet and when it comes to bohemian rhapsody i'm watching like the last 40 minutes like as somebody who's a queen is my favorite group as somebody who's like no i know the timeline they didn't do all this stuff until at you know oh freddie didn't drop the aids bomb until after live aid probably not until you know and like oh queen will all songs will be written by queen no you still have two albums before that happens it's kind of like i just don't you know if i'm really a fan of something it's like i don't want to see the fictional never mind never mind the fact that i kind of grew from following queen it's like freddie was not the end-all be-all of the group
2: right well when i look at you know biopics i i'm more forgiving of artistic license i mean my favorite biopic ever you know is uh, man on the moon and that actually opens with the main character telling you this movie uses a lot of artistic license right off the bat right
0: yeah but it's all (laughs) but it' there's a reason why it's still got the comedy uh okay actually did um carrie win the uh, oscar i mean not the oscar that's not gonna happen um (laughs) sorry sorry canada um the uh, golden globe for best drama or was it best comedy
2: it was best uh comedy although carrie said straight straight up in the acceptance speech i thought i did a drama but i'll go but i'll take it
0: <laughs> yes but I, I i will say that it it may it made it a point to still be funny as in and well had,
2: god knows add,
0: add, add, add andy kaufman wouldn't i mean it, it Andy Kaufman is basically a grant, the military sergeant from Monty Python, Grant Chapman. <laughs> Stop that. It's silly. I'm a, I'm a bit <laughs> suspect. So.
1: You know, yeah, I definitely feel like that. Um, there's certain biopics that it's, it's missing that heart almost. It's almost like a timeline just Mm -hmm. with someone who really represents the person, but it's not getting to the meat of the people, you know, if that, Oh, I'm
0: not, I'm not denying Reese Witherspoon, her Oscar. uh, (laughs) But that's still, I
2: think. You often hear about a lot of biopics these days, the standard issue ones like Bohemian Rhapsody or that is that, well, it's just an illustrated Wikipedia article. And then he wrote and, I prefer the ones more like the work of Alexander Kierczewski, the writers who did Ed Wood and the people versus Larry Flint and man on the moon. And they take that freer approach to it where you are, where you're trying to have fun with it. And in man on the moon, you're admitting that we're not going to have all this shorthand to explain why Andy Kaufman did all this. <laughs> As Roger Ebert said, if you could have explained it, you wouldn't have wanted to make the movie.
0: <laughs> right.
2: But then uh, you look at, but it's not easy to pull off a stylized bio, biopic. Um, one that I don't think worked was Life and Death of Peter Sellers, which was an HBO movie from 2004 with Jeffrey Rush. And that was sty- was trying to stylize things all get out to make whatever point it wanted. But it wasn't very satisfying, partially because it's the kind of showbiz biopic that focus doesn't really under care about the art but just how miserable the person was and off screen (laughs) it's almost like it it doesn't seem to no go ahead
1: i was just gonna say yeah it's like it's almost the two extremes like you're either trying to show what a tragic character they are or just yeah yeah, the wikipedia glossing over it's like Mm. there's there's the mix of it like there's 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 the the things that you know you kind of want to know about what um motivated Mm. them and pushed them and helped them to be where they are and
2: it's not all just tragedy i guess but right yeah i think alexander karazuski could kind of thread that needle in their mm-hmm. films well but-
0: it, again though it's subject matter to an extent like andy but- kaufman and yeah. um and i mean if you take um larry flint serious for a moment it's like you're going to feel very dirty after that movie
2: (laughs) well that's well part of it is that as alexander karizuski put it these were the typical biopic for so long was the great man and it was usually a man and they wanted to do movies about people who in the kind of didn't deserve biopics in the traditional sense that we knew them up to that point because and Mm -hmm. What happens with stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, and that is people go in expecting the great man approach, right? kind of that romanticized person everybody loves, and they were trying to do movies for people who didn't have that, that were outsiders and misfits more, Mm. and you could actually take that approach to people like Freddie Mercury, but oftentimes because you are dealing with estates and you are dealing with surviving family members and such can't it's very tough to do Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah the uh so hail to the bolsheviks like yeah we'll tell the right story about um the uh czars of russia we'll get rid of the estate it's like how i say with um uh college mascots in the um Mm -hmm. it's like well, yeah, of course you can have the USC Trojans. They were all wiped out. There's nobody to complain about that. No, you can't have the uh Cleveland now guardians of because they're still we didn't do a good enough job with our genocides, I guess.
1: <laughs>
2: well, I've been Wait. thinking mm. we'll continue, sorry. No, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, speaking of mascots, that um this is kind of a tangent, but I um saw that um uh oh my god names are escaping me christopher guest um has a show i think it's a show or something called it was Mascots. On, uh, yeah
0: i think it was on yeah. hulu, hulu a few years ago okay um, back when they were trying to come up with original content um before the disney machine totally overran it mm-hmm.
1: how so. about you guys either you guys watched it at all or
0: I never got around no, to it. I'm not it. a
1: sports person. So. So, yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure how it would be because it, it looks like it's almost like a mockumentary thing about people being mascots or something. Right. So I'm just like, I'm curious how silly they get with that one. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know how it works up uh, in Canada if they have Hulu or if it's a Disney subsidiary because I know like um, I think uh, Rory's explained it to me like, oh, no, it's like Basically, that's R rated Disney Channel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Disney I, Plus. It's so hard for me to, to, translate like i just have to google where i can find shows in canada because it's like mm-hmm. i watch a lot of rupaul's drag race and there's so many yeah. fr- franchises of it and they're mm. on different platforms uh-huh. and it's so annoying yeah, I, know, <laughs> I noticed that well,
0: yeah. i mean i don't know i i'm i a uh, socialist uh hopefully one day communism and in, in the star trek sense will 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 soon rain but um yeah i mean i've always kind of admired the uh, canadian system of always insisting on some kind of public ownership or yeah. if something it like no has to be has to be canadian like i yeah. hear like the uh nerdist podcast now the id10t podcast with chris hardrick he actually was able to get rick moranis on the show
1: oh wow i've got that up <laughs> yeah uh
0: so that's id10t um and uh at one point, he was saying, "Like, okay, so this is what we're filming for SCTV that we're gonna air, nat uh, air air in the states. So we still got like 15 minutes where we got to be very Canada Canadian." And it's like,
2: yeah, that's the whole reason so we the, have Bob and Doug McKenzie, Doug McKenzie. was because back when the show, even before it was getting going to be shown in the U.S., the uh, board said you have to have so much canadian content in the show so, so the response was just come up with the worst stereotype you can imagine of canadian <laughs> people and do that for two minutes so
0: yeah rick moranis put it like uh, so so you want us to do put, put on some toques and uh fry some back bacon
1: yeah <laughs> have a cup of ma- maple syrup yeah. <laughs> go out to the tree and tap it <laughs> yes. so, course, absolutely yeah
0: yeah so So, yeah, trying to catch up with the movie now. So, bits bits of, like, well, we just actually, my favorite bit, and I still have to buy a cricket bat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Especially, like, that's something I should have done, like, at the beginning of my wrestling career, especially (laughs) when I was playing the uh, Anglophile. (laughs) Like, uh, picking on the, uh, the wrestlers who were obviously of Irish heritage, like, yeah um i was i had a broken wrist i was on commentary and it's like well you can tell he's a you know oh you're saying that he got into the ring sober if it walks like a duck if it talks like a duck duck it's a drunk Uh, like um that cricket bat would have been nice um
1: that's just great when you see the like whole little uh montage thing of him of ian with his yeah (laughs)
2: Because that yeah. almost comes out of nowhere and how broad a bit of comedy it is. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's great slapstick.
0: Yes. that's <laughs> Almost that's, literally. No, it's the beauty of this movie. It is a, like, you know, I've been seeing my letterbox. It's like, gosh. Well, and truthfully, it's a lot like, I'm still trying to go to movies I'd want to watch. Hence why it's a little heavy on the positive side. <laughs> not so much on the negative side. So I'm trying to be a little more, like, yeah i'm sorry frankenstein four and a half it's the uh, the entire body frankenstein uh frankenstein's body falling on the windmill eh. <laughs> i mean it's fun like i hope uh I, i'm sure peter jackson used that when he killed christopher lee off and uh uh return to the king but odds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um so but yeah you can't deny this is a a perfect movie. There's really, um and you get because you do get that uh, variety of comedy, and and you get these subtle bits like they're at uh, Elvis's grave.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, subtle bits. That's the thing. There's the scene. They're at the party, and the, everyone's got herpes. You know and I, I read yeah. in the trivia that they they did try to or initially had the idea of having like a girl group that were opening an opening act for them and they were the ones that were giving them herpes or something <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you, like it's something you almost don't notice if you're not looking closely enough at their faces because <laughs> well that's one of
0: those like okay is that how our um, who was the drummer before uh, Joe Mama Um,
1: oh the history of the drummers i think (laughs) i I wrote down some of the names because the one of the first ones um Uh, was with the the tame guys mm. and it's god my notes are awful my apologies (laughs) um stumpy peep uh who's the other so i think it was stumpy stumpy peep Or something and he died from a gardening accident yeah (laughs) they're like best
0: left of that best left they leave that on
1: (laughs) unsolvable then stumpy joe who choked on vomit but it was someone
0: else's (laughs) (laughs) your scotland yard doesn't really have the means to track here there's
2: also and they also as confirmed i looked at wikipedia to confirm this there's also the running gigs some of them are um some of the names and nicknames are references to people who replaced uh, Curly and the three, the original Curly and the Three Stooge. Yeah, no, that would
0: explain Stumpy Joe. Um, Stumpy,
2: yeah, Stumpy Joe and Joe Mama Besser, the current one we see in the. Oh, family.
0: shoot. I didn't. Yeah, now the Besser just really rings. Yeah, Joe there. Besser. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, we could have probably made today. Where um, I'd say thirty-three percent, at least in the states, of the population has herpes. Um, you could have probably made a spontaneous, you know, I don't know, could have made a PSA about that. Like, and herpes <laughs> yeah. leads to spontaneous combustion because the uh, drummer—it uh, was Mick. I know, I know, that his name was Mick. It's like, uh, you know, as long as it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I don't care what I do as a job i mean as long as it's sex and drugs
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean they've had what 37 band members so it's hard to keep track yeah yeah
0: you're you're telling me this is uh the same as well and i and i did document that um that quote from the movie you're saying that the loss of the lot the loss of nigel is the same as those people who were then the band for like of short period of time, I'm, I'm sure to feel wor- much worse if it weren't un- if I weren't under such heavy sedation. Uh, <laughs> which just to kind of bring me up to, is it a little too formulaic to have a Yoko Ono type character in this movie? You
2: know, even at the time that was I think that was starting to become cliche. Uh, the Ruddles, all you need is cash did did that pretty effectively already but you know it's a the whole it's so common a cliche in these kind of in any even serious narratives about fictional groups that there's a whole if you go to tv tropes there is a trope called yoko oh no that's only for that kind of character (laughs) yeah and
1: and i mean like from seeing how so many real band members like or real people who are musicians for one didn't even realize it was a mockumentary they were like wow this is serious and then they identified with it they're like this is so real and i can see why it's such a dynamic right if you're in a relationship you're gonna have this person who seems like the whiny woman coming in to take over but it's like but she loves her person and and wants to be with him well it's seen as this bad thing oh (laughs) no
0: my my time in the professional wrestling business um it (laughs) at least it like in downstate illinois so we're talking you know anywhere from two to three hours south of chicago it happens all the time with promoters but <laughs> i can see it like what the hell no like um and then um I, I would even say though in my own car driving around uh uh iowa wisconsin illinois like with my uh partner the uh uh, my uh, my body beer- pierce, my ex body piercer buddy, Raul. It's like, and oh, I'm dealing with your drama with trying to <laughs> manage women in this business. Like, oh, so. Oh.
1: I can only I can't even imagine like you like, especially I'm sure it's still similar, but especially back in the day, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. That's there's a reason Mm -hmm. there's a term and, and how are you supposed to feel secure when your man's probably out there touring and banging a bunch of women.
2: (laughs) So unfortunately, oh, really that's, one, like the that's one reason why the me too movement and the like had a heart has had a much harder time dealing with the music industry than some others yeah because <laughs> it's no, so I baked can't. into the history of the form that oh you know, oh yeah no when you know we well it is jerry lee lewis and oh, geez, i think a yeah. lot of people aren't sure how to talk about that well
0: everybody was positive on chuck berry i mean um and you know it's like yeah you remember the uh the cameras and the toilets like <laughs> um but and it's it's appropriate though we're talking about like the uh how this really translates like this is very realistic in the sense that uh no band wants anything that happens to spinal Path to actually happen to them and then there's so many cases of it like we're getting out of the pods right now
1: yeah
0: and uh oh oh that
1: scene me. just kills me and, 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 scene, and, all you, and it, every and scene and it did happen
0: to youtube uh you too eventually where they couldn't get out of the giant lemon for <laughs> their their uh zuropa world tour
1: oh, that's so funny <laughs>
0: so yeah it's and uh, again even as a wrestler like um somebody put in the back before computers did everything it's like Mm -hmm. oh well and we're going to put this all right this is your cd yeah okay i'll play that song
2: wrong track (laughs) well you remember when i when i was doing community theater in 1995 this one now i think of it this couldn't this what had to have been around the time i first saw the movie but i wasn't thinking of it i was doing the community children's theater production of cinderella in peoria and during, I was playing one of the stepsisters. The, the, this, this is the Rogers and Hammerstein musical, you know, the one that they did the TV version of with Brandy and Whitney Houston Once, It had a few versions. Well, we were doing the stage production. And near the end of the first act, they, the stepsisters come through this portal at the top of the stage and walk down flight steps. like it, it, Like it's a two-story house set. And for some reason, that particular day, they hadn't quite lined up the stairs with the doorway for me. So, and I'm coming out in the ball game, and I'm finally going to have to squeeze through this because it's, I realized it was a little too dangerous to try and back up. So the only thing I could do is push my way through the door, half, half, half sized doorway and the whole audience is <laughs> catching on something's going awry uh,
0: you see i i don't recall this and i was like made into um that's that's a thing <laughs> my father and i were
2: i think trapped. that was the day you guys were working backstage you were on the parents and siblings who were volunteering backstage on certain yeah. days so you wouldn't have seen it.
0: okay okay good good it's like no no, no but
2: what <laughs> but but I'm pushing myself through the door and I managed to get through. Okay. And the the whole time, at least I don't really have to worry about breaking character at any point. If anything, I'm I'm already seeing the humor in it anyway, that she can't get through the door because she's wearing a gigantic dress. And so I get through the door and I had to repeat my line after that, because just as I was starting to uh, order Cinderella to give her me, I think it was, uh, uh, a purse the audience is already applauding so i have to wait a minute so i can so we can go on with the scene <laughs> i'm just like picturing it in my mind and yeah. just trying to get through that doorway
1: <laughs> just like ah! and like it's probably so distracting because you're like case nothing's going as it's supposed to like for me i i don't even know how to remember anything i can barely remember my own name so i can't imagine trying to remember lines and and then having this interruptive moment
2: well that, luckily it wasn't a complicated scene for me so that wasn't the issue i don't i'm not even sure the audience realized anything was wrong well, i do know is that everybody backstage knew and everybody loved me for it afterwards
0: <laughs> well i mean it's it, funny i mean at least on the uh as i say plenty of times wrong entrance music played and like, yeah you know what sometimes it's fine okay yeah i'll just come out to this like well, uh, i was part
2: of uh you know i was part of a whole chorus group that did an annual musical you out know, the civic center every right. year
0: caterpillar and i think they players, still do yeah.
2: that but yeah they don't do the- that at the civic center anymore but they actually have had an annual award since the 70s that they give at the post-show party for the person who had the best blooper during the run of the show Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) well and you know it kind of the scene um which apparently there was another band i can't remember um maybe mm-hmm. you guys read it too It was probably on wikipedia but where um they're trying to find how to get to the stage, stage like, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: blend, which uh if you watch any <laughs> mystery science theater 3000 uh that and the stonehenge uh
2: yeah those so, were yeah. almost stock riffs after yeah uh,
0: nobody knew where they were from <laughs> or what they were doing
2: such
1: druids
2: <laughs> and it just <laughs> this little thing comes down onto the stage <laughs> yes uh if and, you, that, if... and that's when i first watched the movie with ross because we watched it together um when they were a few scenes before with angelica houston who's writing down the plans for the prop i remember pointing out yes wait the... that's inches that's not feet <laughs> yeah no
0: i'm um no i i caught that and then too. you get that
2: huge payoff sort so to speak
0: well yeah it's it's not no it, it wasn't the arrangement it was the fact that the stonehenge was in fear of being trampled by dwarves
2: i really think roger ebert said Look that's the real punchline is that they bring out the little people to try and make up for the problem. Uh, exactly yeah. you're just like I, can i laugh at this <laughs> am i allowed to
0: <laughs> so with all this said ronnie have you seen the um uh they so i think it was 1994 they did a 10-year re- the
2: 1992
0: two, I, think. I think yeah was break like they, the wind yeah,
2: 1992 is when they did the return of spinal tap special and the break like the wind album no i have not watched though that well Well, this was a made for cable special was later on vhs and they did an album along with it that had them doing a reunion show at royal albert hall and in that one they finally get the right prop for the stone (laughs) change bit then you see that this time they didn't plan ahead for how they were going to get it through the Freight doors at the theater, so it never actually gets on stage. It's because <laughs> it's all prefab and built already, so they don't know how to get it. So they're inside. doing
0: their best to shove it through, <laughs> yeah, the, through the uh semi doors. And
1: and
2: uh, that's that's like real,
1: right? That's not like they is a part of the bit of the show, it's like actually it was a real technicality.
2: No, no, no it was a bit of it was no, a
0: bit, they, they, oh, okay, they okay,
2: okay. I, <laughs> And was the, special sh- <laughs> the special cuts to- between the two bits.
0: Yes, yeah, so as the dwarves eventually make it on stage, just dancing around, and yeah, you're just seeing them trying to shove Stonehenge uh, into Royal Albert Hall. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> but going back to the fact that everybody thought Spinal Tap was a real thing, it's like, yeah, I didn't
2: well, know part of it was that they they simply went out on the road and they. Okay, looking yeah, nineteen ninety-four was when Returnal's Final Tap was released on video, but most of it was shot in nineteen
0: ninety-two. Yeah, the ten <laughs> ten years after the uh, Yeah. And you you do get an update on the uh documentary the Rob Reiner's character.
2: Yeah, Marty DeVergie.
0: Yes, like yeah. oh I ended up directing <laughs> movies like uh Kramer versus Kramer versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah I saw that. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, with all that said, though, I would say, you know, when you compare it, and I've only seen a couple of uh, Christopher Guest mockumentaries, uh, Waiting for Guffman and For Your Consideration, and this is still the largest scale of any of these uh, mockumentaries, I would say.
2: Yeah. Uh, of his work, anyway. Have um, you guys really watched "The Mighty Wind?
0: That, I've not seen that oh, one as yeah, yet. I, I haven't seen, seen that
2: in Show. Yeah. Back in September, actually, uh, Turn Classic Movies just did a night where they just programmed some of these movies. They did in order. They did Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, and this is Final Tap. And it was interesting because if you go on Twitter, there's an ongoing hashtag called TCM Party where people just drop in and tweet along whatever's on TCM at the time. And there was a pretty good turnout, as it were, for these movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And It was interesting, especially with Waiting for Guffman, you were getting a lot of tweets talking about stuff like uh, our own experiences with community theater. Yeah,
0: I and mean. how
2: mean. The verisimilitude of a lot of it. It's I'm pointing out one point that when they get to the final third, where you actually see the Blaine pageant, and how constantly the actors when they're speaking lines are turning to the audience even if that would that wouldn't be realistic but then as i pointed out how how else are they going to be heard in this you know functional gymnasium space they have to yeah. do that yeah they're not being miked
0: right and honestly like rewatching spinal tap i had no clue like obviously fred willard you know rest <laughs> in peace so
2: you are a spinal tarp
0: yeah um <laughs> I didn't know he like, again it's like he didn't really pick up a lot of I don't know if he really became a thing until the Christopher Guest movies. Like I I mean I know he'd been working obviously but um you know I I uh, you know he's probably going to be best remembered as the president from Wally I think on For a certain generation. Yes. Yeah, so it's like
2: But he'd been working since the 70s with on shows like uh mary hartman mary hartman and fernwood tonight with people like martin Mull, right yeah uh, but yeah as wikipedia actually puts has a heading on his page it says it was the guest films that led to sustained success for him
0: mm-hmm. and well, uh, yeah. and
1: he's like going right till the end like because have you guys yeah. seen the skit show or the show i think you should leave um, I have not I've watched it. I've so had ahead, a I didn't of realize he'd been working yeah.
2: for it.
1: He, um, well, it's more. I think it's just one skit that he's in, and yeah. it's it, it, you know, it's a super random show. It's one of my favorites though, because it's just, yeah, you're like, this is dumb, and then it just gets even <laughs> dumber, and you're like, this is hilarious because it's so stupid. <laughs> but yeah. so he's he's We're in a. We're all trying to
2: find the person who did this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly that one yeah, <laughs> there's know. so many good ones i can't even pin but his he's just he's at a funeral or something and he's playing this crazy piano fred willard and he's a, uh, he's playing this piano that has all these crazy bells and whistles on it and he's smashing plates and stuff and everyone's all somber and he's like okay i'll do my next one and he's it's like really random but it's it's him being fred willard silly and even as he's older and you know it's He's he's so great, and like all those Christopher Guest movies, like they yeah. have it's the the improv, and when you especially when you know it's all like improv, it makes mm-hmm. it even funnier. And then having the same people, and like oh my god,
2: you guys really have to watch a Mighty Wind. It's just mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm. well, just so and, and you know, you know it's just funny well, talking well, fun about fact the about
2: a Mighty Wind. Mm-hmm. The one of the Folksmen, I think, is their name. Yep, yeah. are played <laughs> by the same members of Final Tap back yep. when they were getting doing gigs as final tap in the early 80s when they were developing the film folkman were the opening act huh <laughs> as you can imagine they didn't get tons of appreciative responses from audiences mm. but, uh, <laughs> oh, that would be great to watch well, <laughs> thinking,
0: thinking about audiences though you do get that bit uh, about uh yeah, you know, why? Why is your uh, audience uh, predominantly young white men? Do you think your music is racist? Oh no, it's not racist. No, we've—I mean, we've never said it, but, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like—I mean, you can't expect women to come to our shows. I mean, we're carrying armadillos in our trousers. <laughs> it's.
1: Our big cucumbers in in, in <laughs> the uh... airport, yeah, in foil. It's in foil, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. And then it's funny because they because it is a pretty essentially a college tour. This movie, yeah, um, like you know they play Chapel Hill, which is North Carolina Uni- University, University of North Carolina, and uh, you know Philly, yes. And, but then you get the joke like, uh, okay, and they canceled Boston, but you know that's not a big college town, so <laughs> yeah, bloody <laughs> bloody Harvard, UMass, yeah, um, so. uh
1: Uh, yeah well and it's just so funny right at the beginning right off the hop there's the lady with the the shirt that's just like her shoulders and chest exposed pretty much she's just like i just feel like with the music you connect with the band and you can connect and they connect with their audience (laughs) and whatever you're like oh okay (laughs) well
0: i mean again coming from the wrestling business so much of like like i don't watch much wwe so much of it's like okay what's the next documentary and oh gosh yeah all right and, and skip to the end as they would say in space um <laughs> like yeah it's a. Uh, like this this movie just nails so many things and again I, I as i said i didn't know spinal tap was fake like even up to the simpsons when they did their performance it's like yeah oh no that sounds real that sounds legit <laughs>
1: Me too. I was like, I didn't grow up watching it. And then yeah. when I did watch it, it confused me because I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and then so it took me a while well, before I actually watched it
0: through. and I was mean, like, oh,
1: I get it.
0: <laughs> the, the, well, the, the sheer fact you have Fran Drescher, which I'm still kind of curious, what did she <laughs> do between Spinal Tap in 84 and then UHF in 99? Because like, I can't really remember anything for Fran Drescher. <laughs> aside yeah, from these cult movies and um,
1: she's she's so great
2: in it in the it's so funny in the the she commentary did a lot of a fair deal of film work in the 80s she was in dr detroit okay um, uh,
0: but like with that with that said it's like it brings us to the entire uh you know mcguffin i think of the movie the album cover
2: i don't think it's a mcguffin but it's red like red a herring running I mean, gap
0: yeah but uh like uh you know how how really how offensive is the album cover i mean i've seen still some really bad stuff and keep i guess in mind
2: that this is the early 80s and no, the moral and majority is just the moral it, majority is on one side and, and the it's, rem- it's second wave feminism on the other right.
0: side no it's it's reagan at its peak um which is uh but it does you know lead us to oh you know did you see duke Fa- uh, duke fame's album <laughs> Like yeah. they got all the women yeah. half clad and they're wepping him oh no it's not it's not it's not offensive if they're doing it to themselves Yeah. <laughs> oh well there's such a fine line between stupid and clever <laughs>
1: Yeah, and she's saying how it's sexist. And He's like, "What's wrong with being, being sexy? sexy?" And <laughs> I just have a funny story
0: about that one because they dropped that uh, line in a uh, as a sample in um, on the album, the Super Suckers album. How the Super Suckers became the greatest rock band in the world, and the song is, um, you know, uh, she's my bitch, <laughs> and you know, you know, after the they go into the uh, guitar solo after you get lyrics like you know uh she hates the beatles and loves the stones but if she had her ray it'd be ramone she's my bitch <laughs> and then, like, you get the <laughs> guitar solo and then um you hear oh what's what's wrong with being sexy and my friend though who inter- really introduced me to it stephanie she was like oh, that's the who you're like do i tell you you're wrong (laughs) you know at the time i was kind of involved with her so it's like (laughs) let her have it let her have it
1: (laughs) that's so great and just random you know just pop that in there
0: (laughs) right so uh but Uh, then it's like when you spot these cameos it's so bloody awesome like the mime waiters
1: Oh yes, yes. Billy <laughs> Billy
0: Crystal as Mort the Mime and Dana Carvey. Uh, I mean, of course, you have. You know, this is only two years into um, Late Night with David Letterman, so you have Artie being played by um, uh, Rory Her Paul, name, Schaefer. Name, Paul Schaefer. Paul <laughs> <And, laughs> Schaefer. Uh, you got the guy from A View to a Kill as the Sir.
2: Um, yeah. Um... Patrick Mackney?
0: Yes, as the um, Polymore record rep. Uh, And then you get that great bit where, uh, oh, Whatever Happened to Spinal Tap, which is Harry Shear on the radio after playing a Thamesman song. Um,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that part.
0: Which (laughs) is like, I mean, I don't know, like, Harry Shear, he does... I know he does uh, Kent Brockman uh Officer Wickham?
2: uh Chief Wickham, yeah,
0: yeah, Chief Wickham. I mean, he he, he can like he can only hold a voice. Uh, this movie shows he can only hold a voice for so long. That's well, Hank Azaria can do it all on his own. But when I think of movies like Godzilla or Wayne's World Two, where uh, Johnny Hamps, I can't remember his name, in Wayne's World Two is the DJ, and then they expose the fact that uh, just because you have a great voice. <laughs> doesn't doesn't mean you're you're gonna have the look to associate with it yeah <laughs> isn't that right Mr. Scream and you got the guy from uh, Jefferson from Married with Children
1: <laughs> well I was kind of unsure like when it was showing them back in like the Tamesman or whichever one where I was like I don't know if that's Harry Shearer and um and Christopher Guest as the two guys like you could tell it's it's Michael McKeon but the other two I'm like I don't think that's them when they're younger because they're all they look different Harry Shearer especially is all clean shaven and stuff I was yeah. trying to google to see who was who played those guys oh <laughs> no I'm,
0: I'm, I'll, I'll you know uh, again a super suckers lyric uh, <laughs> um from another song um, devil's food you know uh, you bet your booty in my left ball that it ain't no good to look good or appalled. Um, so it's like, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take that bet. I'm 42. I don't, <laughs> I, you know, if, if I'm using those, there's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, so it's Mick Shrimpton, Mick Shrimpton's the drummer uh, on this tour. So, <laughs> uh, I, I was just saw the, this, you know, uh hello just before the Hello Cleveland rock and roll. You mm-hmm. got the um knocking on the door, and that's when they say, Shrimpton, Mr. Shrimpton, it's time to go on stage. <laughs> um and thinking of other things about the audience though, and authentic stuff. It's like there's the bit where uh you even before there and I've seen Stonehenge play right now is the dang, those dwarves are getting really close to it. Um <laughs> that they uh have the entire um you have people in the crowd shouting play stonehenge <laughs> and, oh as a guy who goes to so many you know shows and i'm i i prefer the smaller venues and so it's like but smaller venues i'm probably drinking a bit more so it's like i am going to punch the next asshole who says like reverend horton pete you know you know bales of cocaine like dude you're just being the you know you just might as well just say free bird you it's it's i it, thank you very much uh ronnie for watching the language because last week's episode like i knew with booze bay uh booze boobs and blood like yeah i'm just gonna have to you know accept that we might drop some c words and
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i've been trying to edit myself a bit but thankfully this doesn't like bring out too much energy for me that makes me start to swear
0: (laughs) right yeah it's well as i say if it wasn't for the booze and their titles, it's like well you know that's i got it um (laughs) or other times like uh i got a frequent guest gregory carl on the show and they're like oh we're gonna go 10 minutes of wrestling before we're gonna talk about the movie okay we'll cut and paste at least i don't have to edit like i'll tell people right ahead of time if you want to (laughs) listen to obscene wrestling commentary (laughs) After the uh David Tennant soundbite, check out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I just wanted to quickly, because um, I know this is totally like just kind of going back a bit, but talking about Billy Crystal as being the the mime. And for yeah. one, just the the mime is money. That's just really funny to me. Yeah. When he says that. But there's also a cut scene I don't know if you guys have seen where he's there's some guest that goes up to him and he's like Saying, oh hey i've got a driver downstairs waiting for me could you go down and tell him i'm going to be a few minutes blah 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 as the guy's talking billy crystal's like and miming what he's saying and then once yeah. the guy stops talking he's like he's like i'm not your i'm not your like mate or whatever like i'm not paid to do that and he walks away from him kind of thing <laughs> it's just it's this funny little scene there's all these like little outtakes of him as a mime that are really funny <laughs> well i find that
0: exceptionally funny because when i worked in um at a hotel in peoria um, I actually had to check in a mime.
1: Oh, and they were in character, kind yep. of thing.
0: <laughs> it's like, and he's starting to write stuff. To, no, no, I get it. I I know what you're doing. And <laughs> in the meantime, like everybody else who's on on the clock, have just shrunk into the manager's office like they're leaving me to do this on my own
1: and i hope there wasn't a lineup of irritated people no 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 there was not (laughs) okay that would be so stressful yes
0: Um, (laughs) oh no i get enough trouble with that because uh university of illinois where i'm living now in champaign urbana um has a huge chinese student population And I took two years of Mandarin in college. Um, So it's like, and occasionally it works out like, all right, which which is weird. It's one of those like, and I get that, um, got that a lot when I was doing uh, roadside assistance for truck drivers and God forbid you get somebody stuck in uh, North, Northeast, uh, Quebec.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, I live in Western Canada, and unfortunately, they don't, even though we're bilingual, they don't have a culture that extends. So it's like, I went to Quebec once and I was like, I don't understand anything.
0: (laughs) Well, one of my few regrets in life, my dad just wanted to take us all, take me and my little brother to the stadium, the the, uh, stadiums before they were gone. So um, granted, I know um, Olympic Stadium is never going to go because it's never going to get paid off. And Montreal, um, but he took my little brother, and he asked me, you know, it's like it was like on a whim, like, yeah, hey, you want to go to Montreal? It's like, not really. I think I, can, I just don't feel like. It. And I guess they didn't have any problems um, up there, but again, that's a big tourist spot. Um, no, if you don't know a little bit of the language, when you're dealing with somebody like you're trying to get out for roadside assistance at 10 p.m., it's like. Oh jeez! And, and you get just... some of
1: the people who are like, "Oh, you don't speak any French? I hate you!" Yes. <laughs> oh like... yeah.
0: <laughs> oh like, no! I nearly sorry. no, I nearly went to HR because I just went on a rant after somebody finished up with one of those calls. It's like, and they're not; even... they want to be their poser French people. <laughs> and... <laughs> like, and like, then I get a message in the box like, "Uh, you know, um this this employee here is Canadian." okay, is she a Quebecois? I mean, like <laughs> I haven't said anything they don't think. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's like, we had a guy speaking Chinese to a front desk at a hotel. I'm not in hotels anymore. And it's like, I'm sitting back and I'm t- trying to register it and like, and I just said properly pronounced, you know, DN now? And like, cause I thought he said computer, like he needed a computer. It's like, okay, easy. No, it turned out he needed a, needed a kettle. So try Mandarin's a tough language because every syllable has, every vowel has four tones. So if you oh, read dear. it, yeah, if you read it, it's really not that hard to, like, as I say, it's not hard to speak. And I get that at best by a lot of time, not where I work. Okay. So, um, and it's like, uh, Russ, can you come over here? What do you need? Oh, uh, you need to read their phone. Whoa, 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 whoa! I said I speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about that. Um. But no, you like I would go and say, okay, all right, and then he's like, oh, you can understand me uh, <laughs> a little. And then it eventually, like after I figure we figured out, oh, he wanted a kettle, which kind of makes sense. The ends anything electric in the language. <laughs> and then he's like speaking to me in pretty good English afterwards, just because I made the attempt. To speak their language like so uh, i know
1: I, I wish i could just insert a chip in my brain that can help me to understand different languages because i feel like my brain's just too mushy now to learn new things oh so i want no, to yeah
0: <laughs> Now, where you know where are those earworms that douglas adams wrote about <laughs> yeah so
1: absolutely. So I'm just gonna go off topic again for a quick yep. second because I just saw one of the reviews that I wrote down that I forgot about and it's uh <laughs> it's one of their albums. Um I can't remember which one it is. I didn't write that down, but well, they say it's the one that's the religious one. Right. Um you, on the, they...
0: <laughs> what day what day did God treat spinal tap and should he have taken another day to rest? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, no baby giggle
0: (laughs) i was thinking more as a guy who's got you know 30 34 tattoos it's kind of like which album would i go and get tattooed on (laughs) me like i I, i'm thinking i'm leaning towards venus um oh it was something to do with um ivs and stuff um venus v uh
2: i
1: I, yeah oh oh, okay there's uh intravenous uh, intravenous Milo. Milo. right and yeah the second one was the gospel according to Spinal
0: tap. tap, and then shark sandwich
1: shit sandwich sorry excuse me <laughs> yeah. no no that's
0: that's fine no, no. that that that's fine it's, like the See, only time I'm- this pro- podcast gets in a lot of trouble is when we're disc you know have to discriminate f words like <laughs> yeah I'm- you know, I find the shorter F word to be more offensive than the longer F word. We're only talking a letter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a testament to this movie, even the way we're talking about it is it has just all these random scenes that are just random moments and so it's just so easy to go back and forth and find these funny little moments that's like all right and then this part it's like this and Monty Python if and one, these kind of movies yes. like I, every scene I'm just like this is my favorite scene and then the next one I'm like oh no wait no scratch that this is my favorite scene and every time i like no this is it because the whole movie is just so funny
0: yeah and we're getting to the uh we're uh, at least in my peripheral we got the uh gig on the base <laughs> <laughs> is uh.
2: And it's um, one of my favorite stretches.
1: <laughs> Which scene is this one? The
0: They're on the air, the air force base in Seattle.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Um, just when you said bass, I thought of, again, like the big bottom scene and song and they're all playing the bass.
0: <laughs> oh, they did that one on Saturday Night Live, actually, too. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, again, further selling like, oh, this is a real group. And like. Even even their Simpsons performance, I still thought, like, oh, why is there are f- bloody puddles all over the stage? Uh, look, <laughs> well, boy, well, boys!
2: Well, look, explain it to you. Six nights out of seven, this is a hockey rink. Well, this is, but well, this is a fr- this is a rock show, not a bloody. No, and then he has pause for a minute. Splish, splish splash, show. <laughs> His has to pause before he can the, yeah. to think of that too
0: <laughs> right so i mean again going with the entire theme of there's so you know there's um i guess i should have mentioned what the 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 uh, um cameos like uh terry ladd and duke fame it's like i i can't remember his name the guy's name i know he passed recently and he was best known at least from my generation as head of the class um I knew him. I probably knew him better from WKRP in Cincinnati. Howard Hessman. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, this is a kind of a, it, it's like we really, it it's just speaks to the illusion of the film that, like, uh, you know, it's a spot and you, you know, if it's a blink and you miss it type stuff, but it's like, but these guys are real, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the rest of the world that's fake. <laughs> which i think is a is a probably a detriment i guess to the uh christopher guest movies since they're not on such large scales as spinal tap it's like well obviously this isn't i mean yes i can believe this definitely happens uh especially in um um for your consideration like
1: I still have to watch that uh, one. That's, I wrote that down. So I'm going to be watching that or trying to find it, see where I can watch yeah. it today. Cause I, I love those, all those movies. Like it's just, it's so considering like, everything going on in the world and in life it's good to have those movies that are just kind of wholesome in a way that aren't too cheesy or too whatever like it's just good and that's what i love with christopher guest or monty python it really you escape so much and you're Mm -hmm. felt you're left feeling good after too you know
0: (laughs) it does make me wonder but going back to monty python uh rory did um they ever show the fourth season of monty python on mtv
2: if they
0: did yeah because they
2: probably did because there's only so many episodes
0: right but no john cleese is no john cleese
2: yeah he's
1: he's really a presence he's very tall so it's very noticeable (laughs) Um... oh no i
0: want well no if it well i i'm actually like i think it's jack whitehead um like i was interested in the um clifford movie when i saw commercials like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, Jack Whitehead—he's a comedian. He showed up on AEW wrestling to give Bret Hart the title, the world title, to present. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, John Cleese—of oh, course, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. so I'm what got it in my peripheral again. We're at the end of party tour, and you know, uh, David Saint Hubin's about to give his big bit about. What do you mean the end? How can it be assessed? Like when is- <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the thing I really dug about this scene was when we got to the uh, saucy Jack.
1: <laughs> You're not T one saucy Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah,
0: yeah, no, no. I'd give up Spinal, I'd give up the band give up Nigel Tough Now to <laughs> Which I'm surprised we didn't bring up bring, turning it up to eleven yet. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Which no, I, I it's you know. I get it uh marty but no no it's the entire point you have you can go louder than other bands that's so yeah
1: exactly yeah but no, I, but this one goes this to 11
0: <laughs> just or, his
1: deadpan chewing his gum just what are you talking about oh
0: that's another bit i loved when he's <laughs> when they're just at a fast food restaurant and, uh <laughs> nigel's got his gum on his finger <laughs> what, what, what are you doing that let's just put it on the table i might forget about it
1: (laughs) there was one scene too with um oh no i think it's in the commentary because it's showing him kind of scratching his ear and they're joking in the commentary they're like oh you got an ear infection from that and then he's like yeah and then i i scratched my ear and then i put my finger back in my ear so it's like a back and forth situation with the (laughs) infection or something like the commentary alone it's like worth just that oh, in itself is like a second movie that makes oh everything no funnier.
0: i <laughs> i'm further regretting getting this on 4.99 on itunes uh <laughs> like and no i don't get all these commentaries like granted yeah. like i buy so many like criterion movies here and it's like eh, nope it's just the movie <laughs> what's, what, what's the point of criterion if i can't get <laughs> yeah. all the
1: yeah because they also have um some deleted uh commercials that are for rock and rolls yeah. which are like the pizza pockets <laughs> and it's just it's like it just shows them it's like a reenact where they're like going rock and roll and they're trying to le- they like almost do the wrong turn, but they're like oh no we actually go that way and it's you know just a quick clip and then it just pans down and then there's the pizza pocket sitting there and it's like rock and rolls and you're like okay <laughs>
0: Um, so I've been checking off most of my notes and then it's like the, uh, I mean, all the songs are hilarious, but you know, the go-to song is, you know, tonight, tonight I'm going to rock you. And it's like, I mean, yeah, uh, it's pretty much as offensive as anything Kiss Ted Nugent or <laughs> anybody from the seventies wrote, but you know, the second verse of it, it's like, um, But you're four feet tall. You're too Uh,
1: small,
0: and like, and you still have baby teeth. It's like,
1: yeah, that's the thing I always talk about with people is like the back in the day and the references to hey little girl, hey you're too Mm -hmm. young, this and that, and you're like, and you're like, oh no, maybe they're also young talking about being young, and it's like no, they're old men talking about being perverts.
0: (laughs) No, no, yeah. This is
2: what I'm this is the kind of thing I meant with how Me Too movement had a hard time getting it any purchase in the world,
0: (laughs) yes. I mean, um, and on this podcast, I stood for a wrestler who you know had a there's arguments about the consent of the situation, but his only offense in what they called speaking out in 2020, where a bunch of wrestlers got canceled, and yeah, it's like. Okay, no, I mean one. If it if they were two consenting parties, it was not (laughs) statutory rape. (laughs) It's like this is like um, everything from the eighties, like or even all the way up to the two thousands. Old school, you know, where we're cheering for Luke Wilson to get away. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, for everybody
0: to forget about the fact he slept with seventeen-year-old
2: videos online, spoofing this sort of thing. How uncomfortable. Com- comfortable it can be to revisit 80s or even turn the millennium films with what we know now <laughs> yeah
0: so, how yeah.
2: much and what so, what,
1: what much like younger changed. people had to go through or what they were told to do on sets for oh, things and gosh. stuff like
2: yeah
1: you know it's just crazy and like just mm-hmm.
2: um i mean not like oh no
0: uh, being a, i mean being... like
2: we all know the stories you know about how hard hitchcock and kubrick could be on their actresses oh, yeah. but there's all these but, there, but this happened on all kinds of sets
0: oh and <laughs> no i i again going back to my professional wrestling time and like getting to the bigger territories and then oh no and the what the uh guys who pretty much laid their money just for falling into barbed wire and hid themselves with uh, light tubes uh, and, and, and the stories about what they were doing in hotel rooms it's like yeah no no never mind the fact I like I'm in the difficult like it took me a few years to actually deal with it like oh I'm in the I'm actually I actually have speaking out stories for myself like
1: yeah it's no. like
0: because I'm like oh we joked around about you know guys I was drunk in stone and somebody decided like, Oh, I'm going to go and teabag him. And then my, one of my friends, you know, the guy's traveling with me, you know, well, no, dude, that's gay. (laughs) Unless you get it on videotape. So allegedly there's videotape of somebody shoving their package in my face. And it's like
1: toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it's like
0: one time, you know, I like, I had a rough customer uh, hotel guest who's, you know, just throwing his money around and stuff. No, take this. Like, I know you're drunk over the top. I ended up getting punched at one point. And it's like, Hey, I mean, I get it. Not bad. And then like, you know, I'm taking the other people who were with them. Oh, don't worry. I was in the wrestling business Wilder shits happened to me <laughs> and like, what? And then it's like, I'm going to go right to that story. Like, <laughs> And it's like, Oh no, that's shit. You don't share with people.
1: It's so difficult uh, yeah. to come out and share those things. Cause also there's it's like so much stigma and it's so much like oh, and, then, and then, it's like, like
0: okay what if these guys have become good people since they decided to pull such bullshit you know what if they grew up it's like you know i don't want to ruin their lives over it
1: yeah you know because that's think, not
0: that might not be the same person who. dude
1: but i think it's good to i i like how the world even if it's slowly happening is kind of acknowledging more about mental health stuff and oh. and different forms of abuse that it's not just, if you're someone beats the shit out of you and you're mm-hmm. in a hospital dying, that's the only way you're abused or affected right. by something. Right. There's, there's a lot of ways that people are hurt or abused and can suffer. And, you know, it's, it's good to, that we're coming out of it. Cause like, with going back to how the musician stuff is and everything, like, it's like, yeah like you look at these people singing about young girls or the way these men treated women and stuff like or how people who are in positions of power being in a celebrity mm-hmm. position you know how they use that to take advantage
2: of people and stuff and it's it's pretty it's really sad
0: yeah it. it
2: mm-hmm. you know and well it's funny talking about people who thought thought spinal tap was real because now with kate blanchett's new film tar yes I've... which is about th- this kind of person who abuses their power a lot of people don't seem to realize this is not based on a true story it's not a real person well i it's mean becoming a running gag on twitter oh, it's,
0: that's that's <laughs> funny we didn't have that issue back with whiplash honestly
2: that's an interesting point
0: <laughs> yeah so oh no we put a vagina on the twat and well i know that's very redundant um <laughs> like I, i'm a big person for you know desensitizing the c word but i will not refer to a woman with, <laughs> by it um so it's like um yeah it's like oh we put a vagina on it then it's evil <laughs> then it's a problem
2: it's like,
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean original sin and all that bollocks like <laughs> but um Let's see. What were the circuit? This the specific reason why he was knighted was for founding of Hogwood, summer camp for pale young boys. <laughs> so I I always watch stuff with subtitles. I chew out. What can I say? Um, oh, you know,
1: I always have to have subtitles
2: too for things. It's just like
1: a lot of
2: people well. do nowadays. They yeah. write whole articles online talking about why this is and that it has a lot to do with how badly uh with more recent movies and shows things are mixed
0: yeah but- oh, no, honestly especially...
1: it's crazy how it's like you have to turn up the volume and it's like some people are talking and then it's yeah. like explosion scene and like you're thrown off your couch right <laughs> yeah it's
0: um it's funny though i again like i talk about mandela effects when i didn't realize you were canadian ronnie and like oh the uh no i mean and then i'm looking on like google like okay every other english speaking like speaking country spells tire with a y
1: well i'm used then, to that because of i watch formula one a lot and i'm oh, always like why do they what why what's going on is it because there's special types of tires it's like, yeah what? no or do they spell it different yeah
0: no and it's like um but it's like you know, there's times when I'm in a movie theater and it's like, I guess I'm really paying attention because I swear I'm reading the dialogue underneath. <laughs> I, the worst the worst, the worst stuff though is old, watching old DVDs and, uh, with this podcast being dedicated to, uh, sub 100 minute movies. Um, my ex, uh, would grab a bunch of DVDs for me to watch and it's like, and this yeah. one doesn't have subtitles. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Do I watch it on Tubi or Pluto TV just so I can get those subtitles? <laughs> I mean, I I, or lo- I you love. It take time
1: the- to write out the whole script on paper, and then you just hold it up as it's like playing.
0: <laughs> oh well, you know, it all depends on the screenplay because, like, um, I wrote my. Uh, I mean, I was writing scripts, and then I discovered no budget movie, no budget horror movies, and it's like. Well, screw that. Like, my introspective looks on the independent wrestling scenes. I'm going to just write myself a zombie comedy. <laughs> and then, like, you know, you read certain scripts, it's like, and this character is of this height. And it's like, and then I'm reading uh, True Romance by Tarantino. And it's like, there's no character descriptions. <laughs> like, geez, uh, common ground and such. So. So I guess, you know, the movie is coming to a close uh, with Mm -hmm. Nigel talking about being a haberdashery.
2: Right. And This is something I wanted to ask. Have either of you seen The Last Waltz? I have not. I have not. The Last Waltz, for those who haven't heard of it, was Martin Scorsese's first concert film of any kind. It's the final concert of the group that was just known as the band yeah in uh 1976 or so the movie came out in 78 and along with this big celebratory concert that has a ton of guest stars like neil diamond shows up it's often considered one of the great examples of documentary filmmaking especially concert films But the interview sequences, and this is Spinal Tap, oh, a lot, and especially the delivery of the lines to the interview footage that's interspersed in The Last Waltz. And I knew going in, I I, I learned that Marty DeBerge's name is a direct parody of Martin Scorsese's. I didn't realize, though, that the interview scenes are pretty direct parodies of the tone and timbre of what's in The Last
0: Waltz i i just i mean that's incredibly it's, it's very funny
2: to go actually see that film and realize so much of this is spinal taps DNA is in that movie well
0: if anything to- if anything this tells people need to watch uh this is spinal tap now because um every documentary at least sports related is derivative of the last dance uh the last waltz yeah you had uh <laughs> michael michael jordan's the last dance <laughs> and then um <laughs> wwe did the undertakers the last ride
2: yeah. Well, yeah well sctv did a one called the last polka that was about the schmenji brothers <laughs> that 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 style is the title style has been in for a long time
0: right but i mean is that why marvel is never gonna name a movie the last anything could be i don't i mean we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna acknowledge martin scorsese <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> uh, i have so many interesting things now that i have to look up <laughs> i've like been making yeah. notes of like oh my god i have so many things i need to watch
0: <laughs> right oh no unless uh, yeah.
2: waltz sometimes shows up on Tubi. uh criterion brought out a disc relatively recently yeah, I, I was so aware not of that hard track down okay cool
0: but uh yep so all right so we are now longer than the movie um any other uh comments that uh notes taken i mean i've checked off all of mine
1: um there's just so much good stuff like yeah the songs it's really hard oh to-
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, the, the, the songs themselves all... are it's so good <laughs> I mean, it's almost like
2: tell you all know, how well known the songs are. Once, uh, when Tom Bergeron was hosting America's Funniest Tone Videos, they did a music montage of goofy on-stage rock and roll moments that they set it to tonight. I'm gonna rock you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and in the intro to the bit, uh, Tom's shooting the breeze with some people in the audience, and, he's, and he asks, "You know what Spinal Tap is, right?" And the guy says, well, <laughs> "No." well that ends this conversation <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's
0: uh, so good I no mean, i'm just looking at my screen on itunes like uh, comedies like it's uh, so yeah i'll probably watch top secret next um <laughs> oh
2: that's a that's a fun
0: one yeah uh it's just it right next to that and that like it's a it's a good script well no i'd say it's a good little four movie lists and then valentine's day which was a freebie when i signed up for voodoo
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm interested to hear your thoughts on something like that i haven't seen it but valentine's Night
0: day I. oh no. yeah like it's like top secret is like on the on that screen it's uh, spinal tap top secret it, and yeah. then tropic thunder in my collection yeah. oh <laughs> no
2: no
0: no no <laughs> and then i look at the surrounding title it's like okay you got super troopers 2 you got the ted movies there's something about mary um the movie directed by the uh, clueless the clueless director about vampires alicia silverstone vamps which
2: amy heckerlin
0: amy heckerlin amy thank you then i got you know take it or leave it, it surrounding this I got uh vicky christina barcelona <laughs> I'm, i i i mean i have that's one of those tough things like i know i need to watch allen versus pharaoh but i really like my woody allen movies
1: and oh, then, that's that's the thing like when i first started watching some woody allen movies the first one was someone had introduced me to what's the one where it's um larry david and the younger girl and he? i up,
0: i didn't um, see it but i know yeah, what you're but, talking about yeah
1: and it made me question this person who showed it to me because they liked the movie and the whole time I was like but she's really young and he's much uh, older oh well that's that's
0: that's just the then, yeah. that's just I I think that's the problem with Woody Allen is he's such a brilliant storyteller like um oh I mean I'm interested but you gotta step back and realize all his movies are autobiographical in some sense yes so yeah um,
1: very weird when you
2: realize yeah, what yeah. came
1: out
0: <laughs> right yeah,
1: yeah.
2: well with, i with mean whole it... art is going to be problematic to some extent if you dig deep enough enough but some are harder than others and i understand if you really don't feel comfortable with it you don't feel you shouldn't feel obligated no
0: question. no mm-hmm.
2: Don't let no. anyone make you do that
0: well no for me i guess it's more of the like um, the judgment for people who are still like well it's still art like
1: that's always a debate I'm talking about too yeah it's I mean, kind of conflicting
0: I hate to say Lenny Rich- Richenstall is the greatest one of the greatest photographers of all time because of what she yeah, was she, shooting she, she,
2: she, when you read that she that in some college courses she's the only f- female filmmaker who ever gets brought up yeah you know they actually show any of her work that's pretty disparate (laughs) right yeah I mean kind
1: of the way I think of it is I grew up finding like I watched we had a handful of VHSs and stuff and one of them was Bill Cosby himself and I thought it was funny yeah Yeah. but But then I grew up and it's like you know mm -hmm. what I know what happened I that was a part of my life but
2: Mm -hmm. I don't touch that anymore I don't need to have that in my life so you have to put it you have to put it aside depending on how you feel
0: i i don't it, know i guess with some, Woody, it can allen. be
2: very frustrating sometimes to do that
0: yeah well especially if woody allen because there's just some times where i need to see gene wilder <laughs> drinking a bottle of Woolite to get over <laughs> his uh that's from the um yes. everything you wanted to ever know about sex but were afraid to ask
2: i am that. of the mind that uh it that we don't take enough opportunities when it comes to problematic art to help boost profiles of creatives who aren't as problematic, who could use the boost and do similar stuff like Albert Brooks as opposed to Woody Allen.
0: Oh no. It's like, I don't know. Again, I guess it's a statement of the podcast. Let's, let's go back to like everything under a hundred minutes. Yeah. So we can do more double features Mm -hmm. and hence you have to earn that second feature like uh (laughs) the most famous is probably going to be uh my neighbor my neighbor totoro is the b movie to
1: grave of the fireflies yes oh absolutely oh i remember being like what's happening inside me when i was a kid watching grave of fireflies oh that's way too young (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like
0: (laughs) so all right so who, who, who would have thought Smile Tap would bring us to modern day issues of <laughs> Yeah, which, which makes me feel comfortable as we're, um, my older sister was talking about how Jim Carrey should have an Oscar and I'm basically saying like it, if, if we, like I told her, if the Oscars were given five years later than the year that they occurred, yes, I could see that. But <laughs> Uh, no, you're not going to beat Roberto Benigni in 98 for a Holocaust movie. And uh, Kevin Spacey, it was just a matter of time when we were going to finally give him an Oscar for his lead lead performances. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn it, Kevin Spacey, you're so so good. (laughs) Why'd you have to do that? Yes. (laughs) Or at least at least, you know, be contrary, you know, be, you know, show some contrition. (laughs) Like, do do yeah. the world tour dedicate all your your fun you know your resources to preventing this stuff
1: yeah but then
0: again you could retire on those resources and never bug us again so it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you win either way i guess that's just or maybe in a, i don't know it's like probably the most fulfilling kevin costner death is just in, in is a hindsight thing is watching a la confidential <laughs> and then like oh yeah <laughs> he was kind of a scummy person <laughs> like that's well, what you know
1: get. i echo like what rory says like i think it's just better to maybe focus energy on you know it's like again okay we had these moments these things exist right. but there's let's a, there's li- a let's counter the good people yeah, yeah there's a
0: count there's a counter- world there's... out there right yeah. well there's a count there's a counterpoint like for i mean every i mean it's might be a little too extreme just because of uh Well, no, I don't think so. I thought Vamps was a fine comedy. (laughs) Like for every Woody Woody Allen movie you watch, you watch an Amy Heckerling one. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's.
1: I just have one more thing to say about um, Spinal Tap. That's totally on another different topic now. But when he, I can't remember if it's at, at the end or if it was an extra scene, but when he's in the room wearing that black tank top with the, the skeleton, skeleton. Yeah. and he's oh, like no, no
0: that's that's
1: my yeah that's ex- the next if he took away all my skin and whatever this is what my skeleton would look like
0: well it, it wouldn't look green
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah no no look I mean
0: the blood of, like you see my blood it's blue No, that, <laughs> that's a vein <laughs>
1: oh, okay. that's well the as, they, as,
0: as they said uh, you know we're not the university types <laughs> absolutely righty well with all that said, so i guess it's time to wrap her up uh so uh if you want to sorry to spoil all your um promotion uh rory but if you want to follow the most intellectual critic in all of central illinois that's uh, letterbox.com slash the poetic critic uh, anything else you want to push Rory not today all right and of course you got uh, Veronica Vetter the host of the Ramblin Ronnie podcast she does more than movies give her some i mean i get i get i guess that i say it's like well, it's basically woman stuff true crime <laughs> and sorry to
1: well i just always say at the beginning like it's a place where i talk about true crime unsolved mysteries or whatever i feel like talking about which usually ends up being like some couple little movie reviews it's it's a little bit um random right now I'm kind of still kind of figuring things out with yeah, it you, but yeah <laughs> you got the
0: personality to carry it I mean that's oh, that's that's, thanks. that's well I mean that's half of what podcasting is like I know a guy who's like so it's really just personality and marketing eh <laughs>
1: like, yeah you,
0: get yourself that thread like start the podcast get a few friends on and then start selling merchandise
1: yeah get the brand going yeah. and force it blah blah blah. do all yeah. the things <laughs> right so yep yeah.
0: <laughs> but you can find her podcast on all the major apps. And of course, this is 90 for chill. You can follow me on Twitter at Catbus Russ. If you want to talk trash about the podcast, I prefer it. you do it there. Um, and it's better than dealing with a uh, political stuff, which I'll still end up diving into. Uh <laughs> like I'd rather argue, you know, I find more respect in a film critic than i do a republican so um, uh, i
1: have i have difficulties sometimes with i have to hold back with how much i want to talk about political stuff because things yeah. piss me off but you can't help it sometimes you want to have your voice heard. Sometimes. oh yeah
0: oh no i was <laughs> uh, spent two uh two weekends in chicago the first was uh for kmfdm and then when i'm at that show kmfdm uh jerk uh international left-wing industrial rock band and then i'm at that show i see a poster And next week, L7, (laughs) legendary female punk band. Like, yeah, I guess I'm driving up here next week. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, Otherwise, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps, five star reviews, preferably. You can be honest in those reviews. I'm just looking for the stars. Um, So, Uh, you know, it's like an Amazon review. (laughs) Just give the number and then say some bullshit uh nice. otherwise uh you can if you want to be on 90 for chill the podcast send an email to Bus zero seven at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com offer me a movie a theme a director an actor preferably under 100 minutes but i can uh you know i i'd like to think i'm on that side that uh line side of the line with clever and not stupid so i can make anything work like i will figure out how to do an amadeus podcast here so, um, yeah, with all that said, thanks, Sasha Hardin, uh, for still being my inspiration and in keeping uh, this podcast going, trying to make something of myself to honor her memory. And thanks for all the people you touched in your life. And uh, yeah, I think that sums up all the formalities. Thank you very much, uh, Ronnie, for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me fun.
0: on. Oh.
1: Thanks. Nice to Thank meet you. you, as it were. It's nice to meet you, too. It's nice to meet you guys and hang out. Yeah. No, very,
0: very, no, very cool. We finally gone international, <laughs> I, I guess. Like,
1: oh, yeah. There's what you a lot... talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, thanks, everybody, and uh, have yourselves a good week.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Hell. Can I hear a wahoo?